Welcome to a Wiser Retirement Podcast. Before we get started with the episode, I wanted to let you know about a new free ebook available on our website. This ebook goes over the top reasons most financial plans fail and covers what a quality financial plan should consist of. The link to download Top Reasons Most Financial Plans Fail is listed in the episode notes. Now on to today's episode. Hey, before we get started, I want to give a shout out to uh, one of our clients, uh, uh, Terry Chisholm. Terry Chisholm, Brad, you'll get a kick out of this. Uh, we'll put it up on our on our uh, uh, show notes here. But Terry makes these uh, green egg handles, Brad. Out wow, of, does uh, that look great? Makes it out of um, whiskey barrels. And he started this hobby, uh, which now has turned into uh quasi uh, uh soon to be retirement job maybe when he retires but yeah. he's um well, you know green egg has his handles on the front so you lift up and i think he makes them for other grills as well uh i had one made for my brother-in-law but they're, um, they're personalized they're personalized they're customized so on ours we had old miss but on there his, his daughter's going to old miss uh but there's uh, uh on the on the here you know on the picture they've they've got uh uh different ones you know Foxy's Bar or uh, Bullet uh, Bullet Bourbon Whistle uh, Whistle Pig. Uh, it's basically different types of whiskey names on the on the front, right? Uh, but also, um, so he's using this old wood from the from the from the barrels from the barrel that's got Just great. Daniels. Uh, what's that called when it has you know old age patina? I think it's called. Yeah, and then he's he's smoothing it down and sanding it down, making it look real nice, and then he's. In, Somehow, either engraving or what burning that's, that in. Or? That's a laser, so it's, it's laser. La- it's lasered in. Wow. Uh, Nick's uh, BGE Big Green Egg, I guess, yeah. is what he's doing on yeah. that one. But these things are seventy dollars, which I think is a pretty good value for what it is. Um, the Big Green Egg size is small, uh, all the way up to XL. Um, you can choose your band colors and metal uh, or like a black metal and you type in your personalized message and you add the cart and then he will uh, send you a template of what you're asking for, for approval. And then he does it. And this is so cool. He's gotten, I think he's got hundreds of orders here in the last uh, couple of months uh, from doing this on Etsy. So we've linked directly to his Etsy site uh, for all you grillers out there. Take a look at it. it might be a great uh, father's day present or Christmas birthday, something like that. But I just wanted to give him a plug. He's uh Great guy, great family, and uh, always like to support uh, our Wiser family where we can. Welcome to a Wiser Retirement Podcast, where we believe the best financial advice should always be conflict-free. I'm your host, Casey Smith. Guiding you to financial freedom is my co-host today, Brad Lyons. Hey, Brad. Hi, Casey. How are you? I'm doing well today, and yourself? So we're recording this on Valentine's Day. Brad had his, has his uh, blue blazer with, uh, what do you call that? Handkerchief? A handkerchief. Handkerchief. Red yeah. handkerchief. A red handkerchief. All all decked out for Valentine's Day. A splash of color. Yeah. I didn't know it. I didn't know it was Valentine's Day until I saw that. I was like, he's wearing red. It must be Valentine's Day. Well, I'm sure somebody in your life would have reminded you if you hadn't thought of it all on your own. Perhaps. You know what I'm excited about? What's that? You know, here at the office, um, everyone gets to pick out their favorite drinks and their favorite snacks. And our wonderful office... Uh, Assistant Megan keeps all that in stock for us, and she does a great job. I've never it just magically shows up. But I was never asked what my favorite one was. I thought that was kind of weird. 
And so one day I said, you know, I really like to have some tea. Yeah. And so I actually have my, uh, this is actually my driving drink. Do you have a driving drink? Like when you go on road trips, do you have a drink you, you always have? Um, no, no. Well, some people it's like, you know, <laughs> come on, Brad, you know, some people's like quick trip where they go by quick trip and they get their, their Coke or their tea or their coffee. No, no, I'm afraid not. Maybe it, your generation just wasn't used to these full service gas stations. That may be the case or there may be other reasons. <laughs> Frequent stops. <laughs> oh, right. Okay. The frequent stops. No, we don't stop ever. No. You can't stop. No. You stop for that one drink, but mine's this uh, pure leaf uh, lemon flavored tea. That's that's my driving well, drink. Well, very nice. So now I have my driving drink in the office, which means I probably have to find a new driving drink, but I don't know. Who knows what would happen if you asked for more around here? <laughs> yeah. Tell me about it. Um, <laughs> favorite snack. I don't know. I don't, I really. I just kind of snack on everyone else's favorite snack, which is um, not good for the belly, for sure. Um, do you have a favorite snack here? Do they ask you? Yes. Are you are you the Oreo guy? I'm the Oreo guy. Okay. That's what Tiffany is, too. Yeah. Double people. Two people going. That's why the Oreos the Oreo go gal. so fast. She's the Oreo gal. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. All right. So enough of those shenanigans. Um, today, we're going to talk about tax lost harvesting. It sounds really boring, but actually... Uh, for many investors, it's a big part of your return. It can be, without a doubt. So let's uh, let's first kind of set the stage. We're not talking about IRAs. We're not talking about your 401k plan. We're not talking about um, SEPs or SIMPLES or any of those things. We're no. only talking about just good old-fashioned money going into a brokerage account. That's, that's right. That's what we're talking about. That's right. Mm-hmm. Um how you get to that point uh, with cash going to the brokerage account, typically, you know, if you look at a business or you have a large cash inheritance or you've just saved a lot of money over time. Uh, with our clients, we, we always talk about the steps in financial planning. So we, we don't want to have any stupid debt, no credit card debt. We, we want auto loans typically to be paid off, um, mortgages on the way to get paid off prior to retirement. We're making sure that we're saving enough for retirement to meet our lifestyle goals. Um, we've got college education box checked, however you want to tackle that. And then you're kind of like, well, what do I do with this excess cash? And excess cash goes into what we call an opportunity fund. So inside opportunity funds, uh, they're sometimes invested a little differently than long-term growth funds. But um, ideally, when you get closer to retirement, uh, if this opportunity fund hasn't been used to purchase anything, um, you can actually live off that for a while. Uh, at very low tax uh, consequences, allowing you to convert. Let's say you retire at 65. Um, most people, you're going to, uh, RMD age is between 73, 75 now. So if you're if you're doing that, then then let's say let's say 75 is your required minimum distribution age for your IRA. You can now start converting money from your IRA, uh, IRA to a Roth, and you can do that around 12 percent. Uh, tax bracket. So it allows you to um, take the money that was going to be taxed at a higher rate with RMD and get a discount, right? Right. In the meantime, you have, you're living off this brokerage account, but all this time period of you putting money away, um, you don't just invest it. You look for opportunities to what we call tax loss harvesting. So once you kind of walk us through that, through that step, well, tax loss Our harvesting is, is, a, is an investment strategy to increase your overall net after-tax return on the investment portfolio. 
And it's used in a couple of different ways. Um, if over time an investor has accumulated a position, a concentrated position, we'd say in a single stock or two, and they have significant gains, well, in order to diversify away from that, you may want to use a something called a tax loss harvesting strategy. The other way to use tax loss harvesting strategy is just as an ongoing investment strategy to utilize losses in the account to offset gains in other areas of the account. Okay, so overall, it's designed to utilize a decline in market value of any one security to offset a gain in any other security in the account on your taxes next April 15th. Okay, so you're searching constantly within the portfolio for positions that are having a decline in value. Now, in a diversified portfolio, in any given year, the S&P 500 may experience as many as 50% of securities that are having a decline in value. Okay, so there's always, almost always opportunities to harvest those losses, utilize the tax loss strategy to offset gains in other securities in the portfolio, and net them off on your taxes to have a higher tax net after-tax return. Okay, so it's a very interesting strategy in that it's a constantly in motion strategy. So it works well, again, when there's a concentrated position and you have other assets that you can utilize to diversify away from that. And as you take the gains in the, harvest the gains in the concentrated positions, that money goes into the diversified portion of the portfolio for future tax loss harvesting. And it's done over a number of years and you can actually project out how long it might take to do this. But once you're done, you have diversified away a concentrated position at a very, very low tax cost to that. So what you're talking about is a new technique. Well, not, I wouldn't say it's brand new, but it's, it's, it hasn't been mainstream for uh, until the last couple of years. But you're talking about direct indexing. Direct right. indexing is a way to utilize a tax loss harvesting strategy Correct. because you're investing directly in the securities that make up an underlying index, such as an S&P 500. Now, what's made this possible over the past couple of years is um, financial-oriented softwares that are able to invest an entire portfolio into the S&P 500 directly and then track those securities as movements as they go up and down in order to find losses that occur immediately sell that take the harvest the loss take that money and reposition it into a like security so that you maintain you know investment in that category okay right sell off a corresponding proportion of the concentrated position or any other position that may have a gain and net that off okay and it rebalances the portfolio for one thing, and two, you've harvested a gain at a tax favor on a tax favored basis. So, example of this is not direct indexing. This is just um, what people at home could do very easily. Is you can buy the S and P five hundred. So the S and P five hundred is five hundred of the large, world's largest or U.S.'s uh, largest companies, right? Mm-hmm. You can buy the S and P five hundred by Vanguard, State Street, or BlackRock. And they're all the same 500 companies. Right. Now, right. there's some little nuances that we can geek out in about the different ETFs. <laughs> but for the most part, they're all the same. So what you can do is, like last year, you had 
would have had a loss in the S&P 500. But let's say you held the Vanguard version, VOO. What you could do is sell your holdings in the S&P 500. Let's say you realize $5,000 loss in your investment. Then you could buy uh, IVV, which is the iShares BlackRock S&P 500 index fund. You would realize a loss of $5,000, but immediately when you sold, you immediately repurchased IVV. You're out of the market for just a millisecond, right? If you do it right. Then on your tax return, you can write off up to $3,000 in capital losses, total, net. So right. you that creates a tax uh, deduction for you. At the same time, anything over $3,000 gets held to the next year. So that $2,000 would carry over to the next year. Or if you sold something else in the portfolio for a gain of $5,000, it would just offset that gain in your net z- is zero. Correct. So that's the whole uh, purpose behind it. Now, you cannot sell VOO and then buy back VOO immediately. Right. You have to wait 30 days. Otherwise, it's called a wash sale. Correct. So in any security like this where you're utilizing the tax loss harvesting strategy, you have to take wait 30 days to go back into that investment that you sold in order to create the loss that is used to offset income on your taxes and or right. capital gains from other securities. But because the ETS, uh, IVV, VOO, SPY are all a little bit different, the IRS doesn't see those as being wash sales. Correct. But they track almost identically with, with each other. That's it, right. You could even do like VV, which is the SM, or large cap by Vanguard, You could, if you want to stay inside the Vanguard family. So there's there's other ways that you can you can make that transition. Um but that's that's it. So by, maintain, by, by staying within that realm in terms of buying another S and P five hundred index, or right. if it's direct index indexing and you're buying another security that's similar, you're maintaining the integrity of your portfolio. Correct. During that time, now, that time period, with, with direct indexing, that is a little bit different. You still don't, you're not going to actually own all five hundred stocks. You might own what two hundred to two fifty. Right. That's it's a representative sample. So let's say that. Let's say that you you your tax loss harvesting strategy in a, in a direct indexing sense, and Walmart, for example, is a security that you owned in your portfolio, and it experienced a decline in value. So you may right. sell that, realize the loss, and you and hold that, take the proceeds and buy something like Target to maintain exposure in the retail environment. Okay. Correct. Home Depot and Lowe's, for example, Coke and Pepsi, for example, maintains the integrity of the portfolio by staying in that investment uh, strategy. However, it's different, and so you have the ability to utilize the tax loss harvesting strategy. And then after 30 days, depending upon how well that position is doing, whether it's neutral if it's a gain in the position over 30 days or a loss in the position the other day, you can make that determination whether you want to sell it and go back into the original security or not. Yep. So here, here's the here's the part that people will have a hard time calculating is what is the net benefit of doing that? Yes. Because you have you have realized losses on the rate of return or on your P&L for or your um, gain-loss tracker, right, for the portfolio. A lot of people stop there. They go, oh, man, I lost money. Look, I have a realized loss. And I even, there's an advisor I used to work with many, many years ago. I would say, the portfolio is down by X amount. Oh, no, no, we're up, see? And he would go to the realized chart and say, nope, we made money. (laughs) 
I was like, this is not going to work out. <laughs> but so it, it's the total rate of return. You have to calculate um, the portfolio rate of return, but in addition, the tax benefit of the strategy. Right. Because that's putting money back into your pocket. Think, think about it in terms of this. Let's say um, you're, a, you're a business owner or you're a real estate owner and you're going to sell something that you're not going to put into like a 1031 exchange. You're going to sell something that you're going to have to pay capital gains tax on. Over a decade, you could create hundreds of thousands of dollars in losses, assuming you had the right amount of money invested, obviously. Those credits will sit out there. So when you get ready to sell that business, those credits would get applied to that business. And That's right. Those credits lower your tax. Never expire. Okay, they can be used well, year when you die, year, but they never expire. Okay, while while you're alive. Okay, right. <laughs> okay. went to the end of the. <laughs> so that that can be utilized to offset a gain in another area of your overall net worth. Correct. Yes, absolutely. So is there so the, the, is the there cash a rate flows of return? are different. The is cash there, flows are different in terms of, of of what you're speaking of. So you're realizing right. a loss in this year, but realizing a tax gain. Or credit. Offset, okay, yeah. in another year. So those cash flows are what can confuse people. Okay. So, it, you know, people calculate everything. Is is there a, a rule of thumb on, on the added benefit of doing such a strategy? Well, on a, on a true tax loss harvesting strategy where it's used continuously and not for a single purpose like offsetting a, uh, a concentrated position, a gain in a concentrated right. position. But if it's used on a continuous basis over a number of years, some studies have shown it's as much as a net 3% positive after-tax rate of return, okay, additive to the portfolio. 3% per year. Yes. Wow. Okay, annualized over a longer period of time. Now, some years, there may or may not be gains or losses that can be used to All offset right. one another. Other years, there may be more. Okay. We still like those years. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the thing that you, you know, you talked about earlier is if you've, if you've, if you've experienced a loss in a security, that loss has occurred. It's, 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 it's happened. Now you have a choice as an, as an investor. Can I harvest that and utilize that loss? Or can I just let it sit there and wait for it to come back? And should that ever occur? Right. By utilizing it in a tax loss harvesting strategy and going directly back into another like security to maintain the integrity of the portfolio, you effectively haven't changed your portfolio at all or your investment strategy, but you've harvested a tax credit that can be utilized at some point in time in the future. And I know it's unknown perhaps at this point in time, but at some point in time, even if you just chip away at it at $3,000 a year on a joint tax return, that's three thousand dollars a year of offset, you know, yeah. to income and on a portfolio on your net after tax return or your net taxes, I should say. So there's always a benefit. The, the loss has been is there. Let's realize it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, th- I think that's where individual investors kind of go awry, and they don't have good tax strategies, and and partially because we get emotionally attached to our securities, right? We did all this research. This is the best one, and. And the idea of an individual stock and say, oh, I can't sell this stock X, Y, Z and buy this other one. Cause I wouldn't, I didn't think that one was good as this one. And it is never, it's never that clear. Right. <laughs> right? It's very difficult for individuals. And there are you know certain rules that have to be applied to. So for example, if you have the same security in another account yeah. under your control, it could still be a wash sale if you don't do it properly. Correct. Okay. So there's a lot going on in this sort of strategy. And, and, and the penalty for a wash sale is what? 
Yeah. Oh, this gets real complicated. The 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 loss is is deferred because it's added to the gain of the security that you sold. Right. Yeah. So, so you you don't get the tax deduction basically. Basically. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's and, what that's what it equates yeah. to. So it, it's interesting that. Um, well, I, let me go back to my point. Um, this is this is where professional advice. Uh, people go, why would I hire an advisor to pick index funds for me? And I was like, well, this is one of the reasons why. Mm-hmm. Because we have the tools necessary to be able to create tax loss harvesting where it needs to be done, right? right. And just rebalancing in general. Most people uh, are goofing up their rebalance strategies if they have one at all. But it's, um, uh, it is it is something that, that you do, especially in years like uh, 2022, and you go through and you create the credits and the accounts and, and you move on. So you might be looking at your portfolios now and still have losses that are um, that could be harvested at this point, especially on the bond side of portfolios. Well, essentially what we do here is we have, we have three models and we can rotate through those three different models um, as needed. Right? right. So we have the same underlying securities, but some are by BlackRock, some are by Vanguard, some are by state street. Right. Yes. You can kind of mimic mimic mm-hmm. the strategy, except there's a couple of funds we can't mimic. Um, they're one of a kind, but uh, that that's typically the strategy um, that we deploy here. Um, I wonder, you know, with you think about direct indexing, so this is where you don't have an ETF, you don't have a mutual fund. You just look at your account and you see 200 securities. Right. You've eliminated the middle land. <laughs> yes, which I, think literally. Is, yeah. which I think is great. In fact, when I was at Schwab Impact uh, this last October, uh, there, there was a big speech on direct indexing, and Schwab has vowed to uh, bring direct indexing mainstream cheaper than ETFs, which is very, very interesting because there's a lot of people out there moving into the direct index, indexing space, and a lot of people want direct indexing because of uh, ESG factors. They can do their, their own um, screens in and different ways. They can tilt the portfolio to and from areas of interest, we'll say. Correct. Yeah. Uh, I'm not interested in that, but I'm in, am interested from a tax efficient uh, standpoint. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be, um, be interesting to see how, how that gets deployed, you know, going forward with, with uh, direct indexing, tax loss harvesting. Right now it's more expensive. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me, but it is more expensive. You're paying to be on the platform. You're paying for the software. You know, you're paying for any transactions that, that may occur. So uh, it's a little more expensive now. We'll have to kind of see where it goes in the future, see what the adoption rate is by advisors and by individuals. Um, but it's out there and it's maturing, which is a very good thing, that the software right. is maturing. The management of it is maturing in the marketplace. They're able to take a and replicate an index of as many as, for example, the Russell 3000, mm-hmm. okay, and bring that down to a very much smaller representative number, which allows them to have all these other securities to use to go into, okay, when right. they when they do sell something, okay, so that they're not trading in and out of the same securities over and over and over. So again, it's it's a uh, it's a great technique that that your financial advisor should be using in in all uh, brokerage accounts. Um, tax loss harvesting. Yeah, the tax loss harvesting, yeah. correct. So there are direct funds that you can purchase that do some of these strategies for you. You can buy an S&P 500 that's tax loss harvested. And typically those funds are available through 
um, private banks, I believe. It's how that's done. Um, probably off limits to a lot of investors, but that's that's something that uh, firms like ours and other firms have direct access to. So there are there are funds out there that make it a little simpler, um, but th- there's not always direct access to those funds. Is my understanding? Is that right? Yes, it's more offered through their high net worth or family office uh, distribution correct areas, and and it's been around for a number of years at at that level. Okay, so now again through software and financial technology, they're able to bring that down in cost and offer it to the high net worth and affluent mass affluent. It would be considered you know we benefit the most from the strategies. That that makes sense. All right. Well, we have um, some other episodes you might consider. Brad, did you realize that this is episode 150? You know, I was beginning to wonder if we, you know, we've been doing this now for a little <laughs> over three years, you know, right. so and it's, we're doing one a week. And so it's about, you know, 50 a year. So yeah. this is really great. So episode 150, happy 150th anniversary. Well, thank you. It is Valentine's Day. <laughs> That's right. Uh, we have some other episodes that are on uh, tax loss harvesting. Episode 81, that was a while ago. Uh, commonly missed tax deductions for business owners, episode 83. Uh, episode 87, strategies to grow and protect your portfolio. So take a listen to those as well. Uh, don't forget we have a YouTube channel, A Wiser Retirement on YouTube. Uh, actually, we've gotten some pretty good comments recently from uh, our YouTube watchers. Like, who watches a podcast? Evidently, people do. Yep. We get quite a few views there. Uh, five tax efficient withdrawal strategies. That's a video short there um, that's out. You can find that. Uh, what is the number one rule in investing? That's uh, also there on YouTube under A Wiser Retirement. Uh, thanks for listening to today's episode. If you're interested in learning more about our firm, Wiser Wealth Management, or want to schedule a consultation, With one of our fiduciary financial advisors, you can do so by going to wiserinvestor.com or you can click the link in the episode notes. Thank you, and uh, we'll see you next week. Sounds great. Thanks for listening to a Wiser Retirement Podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. Make sure to subscribe wherever you're listening. That way you don't miss any new episodes. We would also appreciate if you could leave a rating and review. If you have any questions about anything that was discussed today, head to wiserinvestor.com and reach out. We would love to hear from you. This episode was produced and edited by Wilton Moore. This podcast is strictly for informational purposes only and is not to be considered as investment advice or solicitation to buy or sell any financial products, securities, digital assets, or any other investment vehicles or a basis to make any financial decisions. Wiser Wealth Management Incorporated is a registered investment advisor with the SEC. The host and or guest may personally own securities, digital assets, or other investment vehicles mentioned on this podcast. Neither the host nor guest of the show are compensated for their participation and no referral fees are paid to or received by any host or guest for clients, listeners, or similar interests. Investments involve risk and unless otherwise stated are not guaranteed. Be sure to first consult with a qualified financial advisor, tax professional, insurance professional, and or legal professional before implementing any strategy discussed herein. Past performance is not indicative of future performance.